Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan Decker. I want everyone to try to say that four times fast wherever they are right now. And we are here to break it all down. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Unleashed. Look, on one side of the bracket, tipping off Saturday at 6.09 Eastern, it's number two seed Villanova, the winners of two national championships since 2016 versus the last remaining one seed, Kansas Jayhawks. They just passed Kentucky for all-time wins. They are a four and a half point favorite. And amazingly enough, That's the undercard because we have an epic ACC battle featuring one of the most storied and heated rivalries in all of sport. This is Michigan, Ohio State. This is Yankees, Red Sox. It's eight seed North Carolina taking on two seed Duke, the four and a half point favorite in what could be Mike Krzyzewski's final game coaching. We know it's his last dance, although these days I never really believe anyone's retired. Uh, It's kind of hard to trust people these days, but look, these teams have played 257 times. Their campuses are eight miles apart. And can you believe it? They have never met in the NCAA tournament. That is wild. That is nuts. These are the heavyweights. Really, all four teams have won at least three national championships. And look, we had our fun with Cinderella's and upsets, but this is like survival of the fittest. And it appears the best teams ended up where they should. Giannis, I should shut up. I know you're still confused how Yale didn't make it, but what do you think about these final four? It's incredible. Like you said, it's chalk. It's the bluest of the blue bloods. Very hard to say. Back to back, bluest of the blue bloods, blue blue bloods. Yeah, Yale. The bluest listen, of the blue bloods. Blue. You're still in my heart, Yale, and I know that you're going to be most of these guys' bosses one day. So you can pay them back <laughs> by not giving them a full salary when they look for work after they don't make the league. I am just kidding. It's been an amazing <laughs> tournament, and um, I'm just looking forward to this Duke 
North Carolina rivalry. I'm looking forward to our guest this episode, a dream come true for me. Mm. The one and only Clark Kellogg is going to be here. I want to ask him about Greg Gumbel's wig and Kenny's tattooed hairline. <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't ask about anyone's hair, Giannis. Please. I won't. I won't. I'm just saying that show is great <laughs> because him and Charles are the only ones keeping it real about what's going on above their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that is, I mean, just one of the best shows. Seeing him in studio for almost 30 years. He's been at CBS. That's pretty incredible. He's going to be such a great guest. I love how we're going from Coach K to Special K, Clark Kellogg. Uh, he's going to be so great. You've watched him all tournament long, folks. You'll see him in the studio. Forget Tom Izzo. He's Mr. March. So this is this is a real treat. I Wait, I thought, are we also going to cover uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock? Nobody's talking about that. I mean, we got to oh, ask Peter Andrew what the bet so MGM sick odds of that. are. <laughs> I am so sick of hearing about the slap heard around the world. I don't know. I I don't even feel like I have a take on it. Do you? No, I don't have a take. I just, I know that um, Will Smith got in one little fight um, at the Oscars and his mom got scared and now he's got to go live with his uh, auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I know, I, that, I think the Fresh Prince, uh. I think the Fresh Prince of Bel Air 2 is coming and that was the setup. Uh. <laughs> No, it already is coming. It's on Peacock. They have they have a reboot. I oh, I forget what it's called. It's, maybe it's called Fresh or Prince <laughs> or Bel Air. I don't know, but there is. I think it's called Propecia. <laughs> There's a reboot on Peacock. I know it is. Yeah, I think it's called Alopecia. That's horrible. That's horrible. No more hair jokes this episode. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, uh, yeah, that tried to steal the headlines from March Madness, baby, but you can't because March Madness mm. always wins. The Final Four is coming. So sorry, Mr. Will Smith. It's back to basketball, especially for Unleashed. We are not an Oscars recap show. You're not watching Bravo, baby. I You're wish. here on BetMGM. We're talking to Clark Kellogg. We're getting into it. We are getting into it today, Olivia. I wish we were talking Bravo. Boy, I need I need to have like a whole separate podcast just to do Bravo recap episodes. In fact, I should co-host that with your wife, Brittany. She and I could host a great Bravo summary podcast. See if she's up for it. Yeah, that I please, please. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would not tune in for that. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be invited. We would we wouldn't have you on. Oh, that'd be so good. Okay, we gotta get to our bad beat winner. Bad beat of the week. Every week we do this, and you win for losing bad, but you win pretty good. And this week, it's Nick Young. And it's not to be confused with the basketball player, Nick Young. This is this actual guy's name. This is not Swaggy P, but this is the winner of the bad beat of the week. At Real Real NY, he had a seven-leg parlay plus 2,775 odds. Wow. He hit six of the legs, including the New Orleans Pelicans, who came back from 20, and they covered. But it's always that last leg that screws everything up. So for Nick, I'm so sorry, man. It was the Brooklyn Nets. They were up four at half. They lost to Charlotte, and Nick loses his parlay. That had to hurt. Fortunately, you've got $100 in BetMGM credit headed your way. 
to uh, try and hit the next one. So hopefully he comes up with something good for the final four and he can listen to this episode with Clark Kellogg and he can listen to Peter Andrew at the end because that's when we'll really break down the betting of it. Yes, plus want to remind everyone BetMGM gets you ready for March matchups with a special welcome offer for the tournament. Just register for BetMGM, make your first deposit, and place a $10 money line wager on any team in the semifinals of the tourney. If a three-pointer is scored in that game, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code UNLEASH200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with the King of Sportsbooks and score an easy win on your very first bet. Download the app or go to betmgm.com. Use the bonus code, again, UNLEASH200 to win 200 bucks in free bets. If either team hits a three in the semi-final game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Well said, my friend. That is a great promo. I hope everyone listening takes advantage of that. Now it is one of our favorite parts of the show. This is where we both unleash on a topic we feel passionately about this week, positive or negative. So Giannis, you're up first, my friend. Go ahead. It's time to unleash. It is time to unleash. <laughs> okay, OHD. Let's talk a little NBA. Let's move the camera over from the boys competing in the tourney to the men making millions. All right, all season long, we've been talking about this NBA MVP race. And it's always talk between guys that don't include my guy who's been silently crushing it in the desert down there in Phoenix. All the talk is about Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, uh, John Moran. But what is going on with my boy D. Booker? Is anyone paying attention to what Devin Booker has been consistently doing on the best team in the NBA with Chris Paul hurt for a portion of the season? Like I said, he's on the best team in the league and Chris Paul hasn't played since the All-Star break and the team hasn't even missed a beat. They are nine games up. You heard that right. Nine games up over the Grizz. So... If you didn't think Devin Booker is an MVP candidate, then you got another thing coming, all right? Maybe you're not staying up to watch the West Coast games. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know what it is, but he's averaging 26.5 points per game, currently ninth best in the league. He's also averaging nearly five assists per game from the two spot. And here's the best part. He's incredibly efficient, okay? Insiders know this. Last week, he dropped 49 on the Nuggets, shooting 16 for 25 from the field and 15 for 17 from the stripe. 
So when Kyrie and John Morant tweet that D-Book is an MVP candidate and Yanni tells you on Unleashed with OHD, you better open your ears, Jack, and listen, okay? The odds makers seem to be listening because finally they're starting to take notice and Devin Booker jumped up to 46 to 1, which was much higher than even a week ago. So trust me, take a little bit of that cash money you just got back from your tax season and put it on Devin Booker for MVP. Watch him down the stretch because my man Devin Booker has my vote. I love that light skin, brother. You already got your tax <laughs> refund? It's March. Yeah, I, I file early, girl. I file. I, my my account's wow. got me going early. I got to get, I want to get that money freed up so I can, I can put some money on uh, Devin Booker for MVP. There you go. Hey, one thing, you know, I'm in Turkey. I've got a lot of time on my hands. One thing about Devin Booker that I have loved lately, he has a really good uh, tour of his home on Architectural Digest YouTube page. If you want to go see that, that's how I kill some time over here. I'm not kidding. This house is like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And that's not what I'm unleashing on. Well, but you could talk about that on your new show with my wife. I could. OHD yeah. and Brittany talk, uh, talk gossip. Yeah. Houses, Bravo. That's, yeah, that's my second love. Okay, I got to get back focused because what I want to unleash on is a great tournament. Look, every year there are critics out there that complain about the NCAA tournament, about the committee not getting it right, or some teams being seated wrong, or that a 68 team single elimination tournament isn't the best way to crown a champion. I disagree, by the way. If we wanted to really find out who the best team is, we probably would play series like in NBA playoffs. <laughs> I like single elimination. I think it is so fun. It's so dramatic, and it's so much fun to watch. There's a reason everyone tunes in to college hoops this time of year. But I love the early chaos. Big part thanks to 15-seed St. Peter's upsetting everyone, especially Kentucky. I loved watching that one. That was fun. They made history as the first 15-seed to make the Elite Eight. By the way, head coach of the Peacocks, Coach Shaheen Holloway, basically earned himself $2 million in those three tournament wins because he is now finalizing a deal to coach at his alma mater, Seton Hall. So that's a great story. He's, I think about 300000 was his salary this year, and... Won three tournament games as a 15 seed, and now he's going to be making over two mil. So that's pretty incredible. But this year, we've got something even more special. Speaking of someone who makes a lot of money, the NCAA Final Four has given us some incredible matchups over the years. Coach K has been in 13 of them individually, Final Fours. But somehow, we've never even seen Duke play their biggest rival, North Carolina, in the tournament at all until this year. I mean, it's it, you could not script this any better. Hollywood, pick up the phone. This is dying to be made into the next movie. In fact, we should do a betting game of who will play Coach K in the next movie. I, that, I mean, this is, I could write that script and it would be fantastic. But on the other side is Hubert Davis. It's his first for North Carolina. I mean, the basketball gods did not disappoint us with this. And I just think it's a tough task for both coaches to bring the stakes down to quiet the storyline in their locker room. Obviously, the colossal upset last time they played just a couple weeks ago, that was on Duke's turf. Duke was really bad at the end of the game. You know, Coach K took the mic and addressed the crowd. Like, that oh, that's a part of my plot, by the way, part of the story. But it's just so dramatic. But Grant Hill has said 
that Duke wouldn't be here playing in a Final Four if they hadn't lost that game. They got better defensively. They got tougher. They got closer as a team. But you can also make a big argument that North Carolina would not be here playing in a Final Four if they hadn't won that game. That was the last regular season game. They were on the bubble. We didn't know if they'd make the tournament, let alone be seeded. They were an eight seed, and they won out. They've been playing their best basketball in these last couple weeks. More confidence, too, after beating Duke. Are you kidding? They've been so confident. And this is actually their 258th meeting in history, Blue Devils and the Tar Heels, but the first time in the tournament. I mean, that's just so incredible. And obviously, you can't talk about Duke without talking about everyone who hates them. (laughs) Um, You know, they won back-to-back titles in 91 and 92. You have Christian Leitner, the shot. There are people who still wear shirts saying, I still hate Christian Leitner. I I hate Duke. People think they have arrogance. There's always a kind of unlikable, punchable face on the roster. The players slapping the floor on defense. If you love Duke, you love that. And that was a big storyline this year too. And uh, just the grace and Allenness of it all. So I've got to admit, in my household, we veer on the anti-Duke side. My husband lost to them in the national championship game in 2015. I think that's a good reason, but I cannot wait for this game. You know I'm a sucker for a good storyline, Giannis, and you couldn't have written this one any better. So hats off to the NCAA tournament. 2022 March Madness has been so memorable already, regardless of what happens after this. And I can't wait. And I bet our guest can't either. So let's get right to Clark Kellogg now and see what he has to say about March Madness. You see him all throughout March Madness, breaking down every single game. One of the best in the business, CBS Sports College Basketball Analyst, Special K, Clark Kellogg. Clark, thanks so much for being here. I've got to say, leading up to talking to you today, my dad was so excited. You guys are partners on NBA 2K and at CBS over the years. And he said, and I quote, that you may be the nicest person in the business. He just loves you. And we love you for coming on. So thank you so much. Oh, it's great to be with you, Olivia. I love your dad. It's um, unfortunate we didn't get to work together this season, but we've worked together quite a bit over the years, and I've always enjoyed not just our time together on the microphone, but off air. We have a lot of neat conversations about our families and what's going on and love the vibe that he brings, the energy, the enthusiasm, the passion, and uh, we're kindred spirits in a lot of ways, so I really appreciate him saying that, but um, love your dad and love hanging out with him, and 2K has been great for us to journey together with, too, so it's been a cool relationship. What's it like working with uh, Kenny and Charles behind the scenes? Is it as fun as it seems on air? Giannis, it is exactly what it appears, man. I tell people all the time, if you don't have your laughing muscles in order and in shape, you won't last because you're laughing the whole time. Charles is just a naturally gracious and funny guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had a chance to cross paths with him, but I played against him in the NBA We've worked together now for several years. We've crossed paths through the fraternity of the NBA. Even when I was no longer a player, I was working for the Pacers for a couple of decades after I had to retire from playing and would see all the players as I was doing road games for the Pacers on television as a commentator. And so we've had a long history of crossing paths. And in the last seven, eight, nine years, we've worked together, and it's just been an absolute blast. Great basketball knowledge, tremendous humor, 
a lot of mutual respect. And as is the case with any group of sports fans, when you get together, part of the fun of being able to watch games is to talk about them and debate players, coaches, strategy. And then you have fun. And him and Kenny are like two, like big brother, little brother, back and forth, bickering the whole time. I'm laughing. I'm laughing like 60% of the time, <laughs> just laughing because of those two guys. So it's been great. And then Ernie stirs the pot, okay? Ernie mm, loves. He does. He's like a big sibling who knows exactly which buttons to push. And so he'll spin them, and it's just off and running. And Greg does the same thing in his own way because he likes to jab me because Greg and I, Greg Gumble and I have worked together for almost 20. Well, he came back in 98. I became, I was full-time in 90. So, yeah, it's been 24, 25 years that Greg and I have worked together. So he tries all of his stand-up comic routines on me first <laughs> to see if, in fact, they work, and then that way you can take them out on the speaking. It's, it's, it's a riot, man. It's so much fun. It's, even, it's almost impossible to call it work. It really is. It's so much fun. Yeah, that's an all-star cast there. And really, sports journalism, sports broadcasting, television in general – it's a tough business. It's really hard to sustain yeah. success. What have you learned from almost three decades in television? Maybe that's a kind of bigger life lesson. You know, it's interesting, Olivia. I'm grounded. My faith is really the foundation of who I am and who I attempt to be. Mm -hmm. I gave my life to God through faith in Christ in November of 86. Mm -hmm. I'm coming up on 36 years of being a Christ follower. And to me, it's all about seeking to follow the mandates of Scripture in how you live and how you treat people and how you work to the glory of God. So that's my audience of one. And the key has been to be me, to be um, genuinely me, to learn from my mess ups, to appreciate and esteem the other people that I'm part of the team with and to enjoy it. I mean, the joy that I have for, for life and for what God has graced me to do as a basketball player initially realizing a dream of getting to the NBA that was cut short because of injury after only five years. Mm -hmm. And then to have a chance to stay in the game, connected to the game in this way, I'm just exceedingly grateful. And so that to me is a really primary value for me is gratitude. And that has served me well, not just in my professional life, but in my personal life. And that's how I try to approach it. I'm grateful. There's stuff, there's tough stuff going on in our business, mm -hmm. certainly in the world, in our relation. I mean, there's any number of things that you can see that are part of the difficulty of life, but where you have opportunity to rejoice and be joyful, I think you should do that as often as you can. And I, I try to walk that, that talk. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, you got injured after five years. We've seen that happen to a few players like Jay Williams, Bobby Hurley, we actually had Frank Kaminsky yeah. on, um, and he was talking about his knee injury and wow. how disconcerting it could be. Yeah. What's that feel like when you feel like your dreams are slipping away, and how do you remain positive when you know life throws, throws you that curveball? Yeah, you know, I go back to my faith, Giannis. It was during my injury time that I came to a personal relationship with Christ, and that was really the anchor that kept me moving in the right direction despite the heartache. It was a devastating blow. I was 21 when I got drafted mm -hmm. back in 1982. I was 26 when I retired and um, wow. had a promising career that ended because of my knee troubles. Um, and yet I never thought basketball 
was the end of my journey. It was a means to an end. I knew there was more to me and to life than playing basketball. I was thrilled that God gave me the ability and that I had shown that I was capable and could have had a long career. But uh, my path ended up being cut short by injury on the court. And I'm thankful for all of the people in my life. My wife, Rosie, we've been married coming up on 39 years. We dated the three years I was in college. She's been an anchor in a rock. I've had unbelievable people in my life, parents, extended family, mentors, teammates, friends that have helped me try to keep a good, positive perspective on where I am and where I might end up. And hey, life isn't always smooth. And I was grateful. Again, I go back to gratitude. Yeah, I had to retire at 26 with a promising career in front of me, but I got there. I actually was there and proved that I belonged and was probably destined for some better things on the court had I stayed healthy. But I wouldn't trade it to lose playing basketball and gain an eternal relationship with God through Christ. I'd take that any day. That's really beautiful testimony. Great words for anyone to hear. I think part of what you're saying really relates to March Madness of no one knows the future of a lot of these players. So it's so fun to watch them at this stage. And we're seeing star players on star Final Four bound teams go down with a minute left in the game. And it feels so unfair and sad. But what do you think makes that special to turn it positive about March Madness yeah. of, of so many of these players will not go pro or will not have the careers maybe they envision now? What makes it special in March? Well, Olivia and Giannis, I think there are so many dimensions in the human experience that are embodied in March Madness. Mm. The wonderful highs you see from achieving a goal. And for some, that goal is simply making the field of 68. Sure. For some of those schools, the Longwood Lancers, first time in program history, mm. they're part of the field of 68. For others, it's going from Winning a game to winning two or getting to the second week to the to the second weekend. I mean, there are just so many elements of the human experience: achievement, competition, disappointment, heartache, unpredictability, uncertainty, camaraderie, relationships. Outside of the games, the bands and the fans have an experience that's special, whether it's watch parties or being part of a tournament run, or just being in the venue with other fans. So there's so many levels and layers of the human experience. Mm -hmm. Some of the stories that we discover and uncover, away from the game, a blind radio broadcaster, a kid that is part of a team, he's got developmental disabilities, and the other team allows him to score three, four buckets. Mm -hmm. I mean, those kind of things resonate on a human level. And that's the magic of March Madness is because across the spectrum of our challenges, our joys, and everything in between, you see elements of that in this three-week run to a championship. And whether you're a rabid fan, whether you're a journalist, whether you're a broadcaster, whether you're a coach, the parent or the aunt or uncle or cousin of a player or manager, there's a connection that touches here that touches your heart. And when you have things that are life-giving and touch your heart, it's memorable and it's impactful. And that's what, to me, is the essence of why this tournament is such a cultural phenomenon. You can't explain it. You only can say that it will always deliver. Ooh, 
Ooh. it will always deliver. Well said. Boy, the NCAA needs to clip that and just make it their commercial. Yeah. That's what they need oh, to I've do. Oh, I've said it. I've said it. I've said it countless times in our seminars <laughs> and anytime on interviews when people give yeah. me the runway. I've said that and shared that, and that's really how I feel. I mean, yeah. I felt like I was in college basketball Powerful. church right there. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you were, Giannis. You were. That's what just happened there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, amazing storylines that uh, capture our imagination, St. Peter's, their run was incredible. Not to talk too much X and O's just yet, but what do you think went wrong? Were they overwhelmed by a better team? Were they intimidated by a powerhouse team? It seemed like everything went wrong. It seemed like the game they were playing kind of went out the window when they played North Carolina. Was it North Carolina that got them out of that rhythm? What do you think went wrong for them that they got beat so bad after such an amazing run? And what went right for that amazing run? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, the unpredictability of sports is that sometimes you just have a bad day. Mm. I mean, you can't make shots. The ball is falling. It's in line, it's online, and it somehow spits out. I mean, that happens, whatever sport you're playing. In tennis, the ball's not being hit in the sweet spot of the racket. In golf, you're missing six or eight-foot putts. I mean, that happens. But I think the bigger thing, they actually were able to play their game in the first three games. They played primarily from the front. They only trailed by six points twice. They trailed by six against Kentucky late in regulation, I think. And then they trailed by six right before halftime against Purdue, but got a bucket to cut it to four at the half never trailed against Murray State, and that allowed them, Giannis and Olivia, to play the way they're best suited to play, to let their defense dictate, to control pace, and then let those four guards and the big guys, too, that can create and make plays and make shots do it from a position of on the lead, and that put pressure on those higher-seeded teams, and they were able to ride that. Carolina was the only team that jumped out to a significant lead early. I think it was a combination of that and the size across every position for North Carolina. Baycott, Manic, Caleb Love, Leaky Black, the size and the start of Carolina is what did them. And as a matter of fact, leading up to that game, I told everybody, I'm anxious to see what St. Peter's does when they're uncomfortable, meaning if they're down by more than two possessions. And Carolina jumped out, I think, either 9-0 or 9-2, and they could never find. Then they missed some shots, and then that was the other part I mentioned, that they had some shots that had been falling that just didn't go. And in the one-game circumstance, that can happen. I mean, we see it all the time. So I think it was a combination of those factors. They got behind early in the size, and the quality of how North Carolina has played really just wore them down and never gave them a chance to, to find a rhythm. Well, now North Carolina's headed to the Final Four, going to New Orleans. They've had a lot of success in history in New Orleans under yeah, Dean Smith. Yeah. But only yeah. one one seed has made it to New Orleans, two two seeds, obviously. Do you think that the best four teams are making it to the Final Four of everyone you saw this tournament? Yeah, I do. I really do now that I look at it. And as a matter of fact, we all felt there was going to be chaos, mm. that the teams on the top four seed lines were not going to stay as they were seeded. Sure. Just because there's so much compression across college basketball with the transfer portal, teams are able to get older and better far quicker 
than they used to be. So that's why you saw so many of the different types of upsets and not many of the top two seed lines advancing. We've got, what, two twos and a one. And then we've got, um, who's our other team? Villanova, then uh, Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. So that's fairly unique. Yeah, that's fairly unique in terms of the makeup of the Final Four. It's power stacked because of the pedigree of those programs and the championships that are represented. But I think the compression was a huge part of seeing what we saw during the first two weeks and what we have remaining in the Final Four. There just are more good teams and not much gap between the good teams and not many great teams. With these four, I think, have earned their way there. And it's a shame that Villanova is without Justin Moore, who tore his Achilles in that game that you referenced a little bit ago. So we know Villanova is without Justin Moore. He tore his Achilles, and that was so painful for everyone to watch. He's the team's second-leading scorer, but he leads in minutes, and he always guards the best perimeter player. And they've had this strong six-man rotation. Now they're down to five because their bench is pretty non-existent. Like a lot of teams in March, they really shorten the bench. And I saw a stat that really startled me, that players 7 through 12 on Villanova's team don't even average 10 minutes or two points per game. How much does that concern you in their meeting with Kansas? Well, I've adhered to this philosophy for a long time in my days in the NBA as a player and then as a broadcaster and certainly as I've covered college basketball for over three decades. I think a team is most dangerous in the first game after losing a key player. And I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. One, the opposing team exhales just a little bit. One of their key guys is not there. We're good. They shouldn't be able to beat us without one of their starters. And Justin Moore is more than just another mm-hmm. starter. He's an indispensable, valuable piece at both ends of the floor. The other reason, and probably the more prevalent one, is that the other guys, in the absence of a key teammate, relish the opportunity to rise up and do more mm. and typically play better. Will that be enough against Kansas? a team that's played at a really high level all season long and has added Remy Martin to the mix who's been outstanding in the tournament? I don't know. But to dismiss or discount Villanova because of the absence of Justin Moore is the wrong position to take. And again, the way the Villanova Wildcats do things, they're always developing players. They have a system where guys come there recognizing and understanding that they're going to wait their turn. But they're always being prepared to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see somebody from that Villanova roster in that 7-12 to man you talked about, Olivia, that hasn't played much, step in and play a significant role in 10-12, whatever spot minutes he might get. But the other guys, Caleb Daniels in particular, certainly Jermaine Samuels, Colin Gillespie, Slater, I see all of those guys raising their level and competing at a high level. Wow. You mentioned how tough Kansas is going to be. Obviously, they're the only one seed remaining, but I live in Kansas City, and I feel like Kansas has gotten here the quietest. I don't know if people don't like to give them credit due to the ongoing investigation and infractions or what. Why do you feel like Kansas is kind of quietly, again, getting to another Final Four? Hey, it's very simple. It's very simple. There's only so much room on the marquee. Mm. I like that. Somebody has to be left out. Duke (laughs) and Coach K was going to swallow up any marquee (laughs) this year. 
That was inevitable. That's like the Cleveland Cavaliers having great teams and Michael Jordan's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody is going to be left out and short-sighted, and it happens to be Kansas, a number one seed that perhaps has been the most consistent of any of these teams from start to finish. And then you factor in adding Remy Martin, who was injured and not up to par most of that time. Bill Self told us on Selection Sunday night, this is the most whole that his team has been, and he feels really good. And they showed it in the second half against Miami. That Kansas team could win it all. And Mm -hmm. that's the way they're probably going to have to play to win it all. But they're more than capable of doing that. (laughs) Duke and North Carolina, not a bigger rivalry in sports. They have never met in the tournament. Coach K's final season. Do you think God wants to see this game in the tournament? (laughs) Hey, divine intersections are real in my world, Giannis. (laughs) I'm not sure where that would land, but clearly, clearly – This is of monumental, humongous significance that in this season, the last lap for Coach K, his Duke team has grown up in front of us. With each passing tournament game, they've shown another level of maturity. We know the talent. I didn't think they would get to this point, Olivia and Giannis, because I thought youth would at some point, youth and perhaps the pressure of being part of Coach K's last hurrah would get to them, but it's been exactly the opposite after the loss to Carolina and Cameron Indoor. That was too much. When you factor in the rivalry, the quality of the opponent, the pressure that I think those young men felt with all of the former Dukies in attendance and the, I mean, it was just a, it was a major, major deal. And to try to even figure out what they were feeling emotionally is beyond me being able to do justice to. But since then, they've grown up, and they're playing with confidence, joy, and dare I say love for each other, love for their coach, love for the opportunity to gift him something that would be super special to be part of. And that's what they're thinking about. That's how they're playing. And I think they've got the best player in the tournament in Mm. Paulo Bancaro. So – I think Duke wins it. I'm excited. That matchup is just, my goodness. First time in the tournament. What's at stake? Oh, my goodness. It's going to be absolutely insane. And I'm already having a tough time trying to tamp Kenny down. We're, it's going to be almost it's going to be almost unbearable with that dude for the next couple of days. Oh, yeah. You know, when you look back at their meeting a couple of weeks ago, as you mentioned, it was it. It felt like it was for all the marbles at the time. Well, now it actually is. And I saw that Grant Hill was making a case that both teams needed that outcome. Duke needed to lose. Carolina needed to win to make the tournament, to get that eight seed. They were a bubble team at the time. We kind of forget that. What makes this time around different for both teams, especially Duke? You you said maybe they're playing a little bit differently now and Coach K's adjusted a bit. Yeah, I think we grow through each period we go through. Mm. And each game is a new entity in and of itself. You look at what happened in the past for context, but the next 40 minutes they play will be a whole new story. It won't hunt back to what happened in Cameron. But I do think as you journey through whatever your journey is, that you have to go through some of the bumps. 
I think rain and sunshine are needed for growth. Mm. As a matter of fact, God lays it out that way in creation. Grass and trees and flowers, they don't just grow because of sun. They need water and rain mm -hmm. too. And sometimes trees need the winds of adversity, the real winds to be able to get their roots anchored in. Hubert Davis went through it as a first year head coach in North Carolina. It was a little bumpy. Criticism was coming his way, which is ridiculous to me. But nonetheless, you go through periods of questioning, figuring it out, having some failures, the same with Duke. And that's all part of the journey. And I'm excited about this matchup. And I hope both, I think both teams will play, play relaxed and confident and put together a show that we'll be talking about for a long time, I hope. Relaxed? <laughs> you sure? Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's, a, there, there's, a re, there's a relaxation that comes when you get between those lines. Once you, when you're outside of it, I've always used this phrase, lose yourself in the game. And I was telling some of our co-workers, some of our camera mm -hmm. folks and technicians, when I got between the lines, it was a long time ago, but I felt the crowd and heard them, but there was no distraction from the crowd. Mm. There was no distraction from anything once I got between the lines. There were butterflies in the opening introductions, but once you get through that first period of sweat or rebound or shot attempt, it's on from there, and you're lost in what you're trying to do. And I think that's the case. I think most players would say that. Oof. I'm definitely rooting for North Carolina because – I grew up a Knicks fan, so I'm with Hubert Davis. You know, he played for the Knicks. Gotcha. Behind the scenes, yep. is Charles just picking Duke because he wants to get under Kenny's skin? Is he just going with Duke? <laughs> I'm sure there's an element of that. You know, they're like big brother, little brother. So, you know, anytime you can jab your little brother, then you want to jab him. <laughs> so I think there's an element of that. But I do think he also is kind of riding the wagon I'm on as we've watched this Duke team continue to show great maturity. And there's an energy and a joy in both the players and Coach K that is palpable. You can feel it, mm -hmm. you can see it, and you can hear it in comments, in the post-game press conferences, his interactions. I mean, and that's special. Not that it doesn't happen with other teams, but this is his last time around. This is a unique set of circumstances. And to see that kind of bond, that kind of power, that kind of growth take place, and to see the joy that they're playing with, I think it's going to be a really hard combination to keep from winning that championship on Monday night because they've got talent too. I mean, it's not like this is all some kind of emotional smoke and mirrors. They got, you know, they got three or four guys that look for sure like NBA players going forward. Oh, yeah. So the talent and the um the power of love is a pretty strong combination. Not to mention that guy sitting on the sidelines who knows a little bit about what he's doing. <laughs> Is he the best coach of all time? I'm not quite ready to go there, Giannis. He clearly is on the short list of roll call. You know, it's the same debate with Michael or Kareem or LeBron. You know, it's a it's fodder for a talk show and barbershops and the like. I'm not ready to go there, but he's clearly, I mean, he's, the list is, and not just in basketball, I think it's in all, in all sports. You would put him on a very short list of the greatest coaches of all time. As a matter of fact, you can't put, have a list and he's mm -hmm. not on it. That's how I look at it. Whether you put him at the top, that's a matter of personal preference. But he's there, clearly. And remarkable, his impact and influence on, on the game. You mentioned all the talent Duke has. I think a lot of people think they are the better team. 
But North Carolina's style is very modern, very NBA style. It's almost yeah. positionless. There are mm-hmm. times with all five players yeah. on the perimeter. How do they match up when yeah. we get down to X's and O's? I think they match up well. Okay. Yeah, obviously, great points you make, Olivia, because uh, Carolina does play a lot of four out. Baycott is the one guy who typically stays anchored inside, but everybody else, particularly Manic, is a real problem matchup because of mm-hmm. his size and ability to shoot it. He gets in there for boy. I mean, there and Caleb Love is just a dynamic two guard who's got size and deep range. Yeah, I think they match up well, though. They have to be disciplined on defense, but it's going to be. I think it'll be an up and down game. I'm imagining 75 will be the low watermark mm-hmm. for both teams. I think it's going to be somewhere north of that, just in terms of possessions and and scoring. But I think they match up well. Duke has shown some zone defense on occasion. Mm-hmm which has served them well, did so against Texas Tech. I think it helped them a minute with Arkansas. Wouldn't be surprised to see that be part of the equation at some point. But I think we'll see a lot of exciting playmaking on both sides. In conclusion, are you saying it's Villanova, Duke, and Duke wins it all? Coach K rides off the side. I'm saying it's Duke and Kansas. Duke and Kansas. Kansas is coming through. And Duke wins it all. Mm. That's my uh, Duke and Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I think Villanova's going to compete. I don't know if they can beat Kansas the way Kansas is composed and the fact they have inside-outside balance and they'll have eight, probably eight. I think Bill's been playing right around eight, eight and a half guys, and I think that might, at the end of the day, be a factor. But I like Kansas because of their total package. But I wouldn't be surprised if Villanova prevailed. I wouldn't, But I'm picking Kansas. I picked Kansas and Duke to get to the championship game with Duke cutting down the nets in a storybook ending for for Coach K. Oh, I love it. If not, if they lose, do you believe that he's really retiring? It's tough to believe in sports now when someone says they're retiring. (laughs) It is. You're right, Olivia. My guess is yes, he would. I mean, there's so much that he has to enjoy. I don't know him that well. I've interacted with him several times over the years and have great admiration and respect for him as a growing an evolving leader. I think that's his greatest attribute. He's never stopped pursuing what it means or looks like to be an effective leader. And that's a lesson for all of us. We all have spheres of influence and opportunities to lead. and, And leadership is really influence at its core. One of my mentors told me that, and I really believe it. It's influence. How do you influence others for good and for their best and for the good of all? And he's about that. And you can see it so many ways over the years where he's modified. And I think his Olympic experience has fortified some of that. And the fact that he's always eager to learn and grow and evolve as a leader. He talked about it a little bit in an article I read this year. He took a look at himself after that loss to North Carolina and how he needed to serve this group better. That speaks volumes to what he's been able to do and is a real cornerstone, I think, of his um, 40-plus years of success. Yeah. To think of how he's evolved with the game of one-and-dones, of NIL, of all the way the game has changed so much, when he's still able to relate to kids he's recruiting in high school, that's, that's pretty impressive. I've got one more question for you, Clark, because I think there's a fifth character in this Final Four story, and that's the city of New Orleans itself. Do you think yeah. there might be any kind of voodoo energy where anything can happen? Are there any curses <laughs> that these teams should be wary of? 
Well, I wouldn't necessarily say curses or I wouldn't name them, but clearly there's an element of the mysterious that is part and parcel of the history of New Orleans. And you can go down any road you want to with that because it does exist and it's real. Whether or not it plays out in the games, I'm not ready to jump there, but it is somewhat apropos that as we come out of a COVID impacted tournament, not having one in 20, having it in one location in 21 with the elements between the lines that New Orleans would be the backdrop Mm. for this particular Final Four. Last question for me. You've been following college basketball, like you said, for decades so closely, this tournament. What is your favorite moment? Was Christian Leitner from Grant to win it? Chris Weber calling the fake timeout, Carmelo carrying the team, Danny Manning. When you look back, what was the most amazing thing you've seen in this tournament? I love all of those, and it would take me a minute to kind of rank them in order, but there's only one moment that goes to the top of my tournament moment list, and that's when our son Nick was part of a 2012 Ohio University team that was a 13 seed and made a run to the Sweet 16 mm. and took North Carolina, a shorthanded North Carolina team, Marshall, uh, Kendall, Kendall Marshall, the starting point guard, had got hurt in the game prior, so he wasn't available. And the Bobcats took North Carolina to overtime with a chance to go to the Elite Eight. And Nick played well in both games to get there and played really well in that game. And to me, That's the greatest basketball moment in my history. Whether my playing, uh, my accomplishments, there's nothing that will ever compare to what I was able to watch and witness and feel seeing him have his one shining moment. Amazing. That tops them all for me. That's really good. Well, you have a busy weekend ahead of you, Clark. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. A pleasure. And if you aren't already following Clark Kellogg on Twitter, give him a follow at Clark Kellogg with two Gs, CBS. It was so much fun talking hoops with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, a pleasure. Great to visit with you, Olivia, as well as you, Giannis. Um, Enjoy the tournament from wherever you happen to be. (laughs) It should be fun and I'm looking very much forward to the next few days. Dream come true for me, man. I'm a big fan, so thank you so much. these amazing games coming up this weekend in New Orleans. Let's bring in our good pal, BetMGM betting expert, Peter Andrew. Peter, you got to help us out here because it can be almost more overwhelming now that there are fewer teams and fewer games because the stakes feel bigger. So what's your advice for people betting the final four? (laughs) It's tough. It's in a, in a different year, if it wasn't so chalky per se, or so blue blood, then I think you feel better about things. But I mean, you have the most underrated one seed in Kansas, I think, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You have Duke versus UNC. You have a powerhouse team in Nova that's won it in the past couple of years. It's tough. And that four and a half, I think, on both games is going to stay 
pretty flat. You may see it move half a point, but I think you just, you go with the hot teams. And I know, you know, you can make a case that UNC is hot, but Duke looks incredible right now. Would they hang almost 80 points up on tech? You have a really, really good team. You have Benchero. You have obviously Coach K playing uh, his last, presumably two games of, of his career. I think you have to ride hot teams in this. This is a tough one, though. Uh, I mean, if you go with Duke-UNC, you saw UNC what they did in Coach K's last game at Cameron. They took it to him. But I think Duke comes back with a little bit of an edge here, playing so well. Uh, I really like Duke minus four and a half in that first game. And then in the Kansas-Nova game, Justin Moore out with an Achilles injury for Nova. Uh, Kansas, like I said, a hot one seed. They were the under the radar. Everybody talked about Zona. Everybody talked about Gonzaga. They were mm-hmm. a really, really good team. So I think I'm going both favorites here, minus four and a half. But I think these games are relatively close. You know, you can easily see a two-point game, and I can see a six- or seven-point game. So it's going to be somewhat close. Uh, so maybe you look for an alternate line. Maybe you tease it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're going to have two really competitive games and an amazing game, whatever happens on Monday. Where are you watching it? You watching it on the big screen there? I would like to say that I was going to the Superdome this week, but uh, yeah, I'll be watching at home. We are launching in Canada this week Ooh. for BetMGM. So I'm on a flight to Toronto Sunday night, which will be super exciting. And then we have a launch on Monday, which is going to be amazing. So BetMGM is finally international. Nice. Time to start betting your loonies and toonies. I've got to say, <laughs> North Carolina plus four and a half looks very attractive to me and apparently to a lot of people because that's getting 60% of the bet, 68% of the handle over at BetMGM. Uh, do you agree with me there at all, Pete? Giannis, do you want to take North Carolina plus four and a half? Yeah, I will. I want to, especially because a couple weeks ago, as we were going into March Madness into the first first weekend, I'd said UNC is a sexy number. I think they were 125 to one to win it all. They'd have to go through a one seed to get even close to to where they are now in the final four. So this is an awesome team to watch. They looked really, really good last weekend and last week. So yeah, I'm, that's probably the game I'm more iffy on. I think I'm definitely going Kansas four and a half, Mm -hmm. but the back and forth there for Duke UNC is real. Like I said, especially after that. That ACC game you know, a couple weeks ago. And then another thing that catches my attention with some of these numbers is the under. Unders hit big in the Elite Eight. First half unders specifically were really successful since the Sweet 16. And I just feel like with a week about to prepare and to scout these teams, you can see really good defense. So I, I kind of like the under in, in both games as I'm looking at what they are, 132.5 for Villanova, Kansas, but 151.5, that's a high number for North Carolina and Duke. So I'm going to like just say it publicly. I'm taking North Carolina plus 4.5, and, and I'm taking the point total under 151.5 in that same game. Do you think that's a wise move, Pete? Make me feel good about it. I hate agreeing that to take an under, but I'm so with you on both of them. You know, the Duke North Carolina is a little bit elevated on purpose. I think they want you to take the under. I think God's honest truth, but I really like it. I think teams are going to come out a little bit nervy, especially when you, you know, you talk about UNC and Duke, especially after what happened. I mean, this mm-hmm. whole storyline, mm-hmm. I can see it being a very slow start. You saw that with a couple of games last week, too. So I'm riding the under train with you. I love it. All right. Pete, I just got to ask. So basically you're saying BetMGM is officially taking loonies and toonies now. 
We are officially taking loonies and toonies come Monday before in Ontario only. So hopefully more provinces to come. But for right now, it's Ontario. So uh, Raptors fans, Leafs fans, uh, we got you back. Nice. All right. Very exciting. Big week in sports betting. Pete, thanks so much for your time as always. It's going to be an amazing Final Four. Certainly sexy billing of a Final Four. Thanks, guys. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.